I just wonder if anybody has any giants that you are facing today, any mountains that you are facing. Anybody? Just want to know if I'm in the right place. Some of the bridge builders are going to bring you a sheet of paper right now and put it in your hand. So everybody take one. You will want to take one. And there should be some pins on the seat pockets in front of you. And I want you to take just a moment and write down some of the mountains or a mountain that you are facing right now or a giant that you are facing this moment or a battle that you are currently in. You are not limited to writing one if you have several. Sometimes we multitask in our battles, don't we? Anybody got more than one storm, one battle that you're dealing with right now? On several fronts, several shores. So take just a moment and I want you to write that down, whatever it might be. Whatever giant, whatever battle, whatever mountain, whatever distraction, whatever discouragement, whatever pain, whatever disappointment, whatever you're dealing with right now, write it down. And then when you get through, I want you to wad it up. Write it down and then just, just crush it. Just, just deal with it. Because that's the first step in dealing with your battle, your mountain, your giant. Your first step is just to decide, to make the declaration, and to, to have a positive action step, symbolic action, the Bible calls it, or, or we call it from the Bible principle, to crush it, to deal with it. And then, once you've done that, I want you just to come up here and throw it on this stage and go back to your seat. Just throw it anywhere on this stage. Just get rid of it. Y'all got some mountains you're dealing with. See, some of you thought you were all alone in your storm, didn't you? Some of you thought you were dealing with some stuff right by yourself. But the truth is, there are others. It's ringing just a little bit, Rob. You just pull these monitors down if you need to. And the truth is that as we walk through life, we, we have to navigate around some of the storms we think we do, some of the mountains. We traverse them. And if you can imagine all of these not being little wads of paper for a moment, but being huge mountains and huge giants that, that we traverse, I might remind you that when God cast Satan out of heaven, only one third 
of the stupid angels left with him. Two-thirds of the wisdom warriors remained as messengers camping round about those of us that fear God. So there are more of us than there are of them. Sometimes we see what we want to see rather than what we should be seeing. Sometimes we see the storms, we see the negative, we see the trouble, we see the fear, we see the circumstances. Oh, don't we humans love to look at the circumstances and say, I would, but. Don't we love to make our excuses and we all have done it. But when it comes to this book, it says, if we can only believe, (laughs) all things are possible. If you can only believe. Is everybody done? All your storms, all your giants, all your mountains up here. Anybody got any more you need to add? Because we're going to deal with them today. Don't, don't, keep, don't hang on to it. If you need more paper, hold your hand up. Somebody will bring you one. But in case you just remembered, oh, I forgot about that. Because some of you have been dealing with some of them a long time. And you just have gotten comfortable living with your mountain. Living with your storm. Living with your problem. You deserve what you tolerate. Oh, don't shout me down. You deserve what you tolerate. I thought there was a few more. Come on. If you need more paper, put your hands up. Don't. Let's deal with it today. Because what we are facing, us remnant people, what we are dealing with, We have to be ready. We have to be prepared. Our faith needs to be at a high level. We have to start operating at a level we've not operated in before. We've got to go to a new place. It is a new season. God is looking for some warriors that will rise up and say, As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to follow Jesus. As for me and my house, we shall not be overcome, but we shall overcome by the word of our mouth. The power of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So faith is our compass. Everybody done? If you happen to think of one while we're preaching and you want to just pick it up and write it down and wad it up and come up here, you can still do that. Don't, you know, that's, the devil wants you to think that you've, you're done. As long as there's breath in your body, you ain't done. So, Pastor, I messed up. Yep, we all have. Look at your neighbor. Just look at him. Just look at him. Just say, you know. We've all messed up. Thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. Play just a little something just before I go. I just, 
with that organ, that sax, that keys, just, just take a moment and, and let's just rest in his presence. It don't even have to be a song. Just, just flow a little bit with that sax, Tim. Now just close your eyes and worship him. The giant's already been crushed. The mountain's already been reduced to a little thing. He's helping somebody. Faith is rising in somebody right now. Faith is rising. Faith is rising. Faith is rising. Faith is rising. Your anointing is increasing. Your power, your authority in the spirit realm is increasing now, 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 now. Whatever you are believing for, it is being released now, right now, right now. Miracles are being released. Financial resources are being released. Faith is being released, increasing in you. Deliverance is being released. Restoration, turnaround, hope. It's all being released now, right now, right now. In the name of Jesus, in this room, in this atmosphere. For those of you watching online right now, the power of the Holy Spirit is being released in you right now, right now, right now. Healing is being released. Physical healing is being released. Emotional healing is being released. Relational healing is being released now, now, now. Oh, he's helping somebody. Come on, praise him. Come on, bless him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. The healer is in the house. The miracle worker is here. The mountain mover is here. The water walker is here. Oh, don't you feel his presence? Don't you feel his anointing? Don't you sense breakthrough? Don't you sense turnaround? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, we praise Lord, now just slip your hand up to him and thank him. Thank him for his peace, for his presence, for what he's doing right now. Because whatever you need, he's working on. Whatever you need, he's here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So today I want to take a few minutes and I'm just going to try to teach you and put it in your spirit about the gift of faith. 
I guess if I had, if I had to single, single out just one theme or one focus for my ministry for all of these years, I would have to say it is the word of faith operating in us that is so paramount, such a key, such a compass for our direction, for our victory, for our life. We have to have faith to do what God's called us to do. And the Bible says that, Hebrews 11. It says, without faith, it is difficult to please God. Oh, did I miss that? Without faith. And somebody's already thinking, well, I'm in trouble. I, I don't have a lot of faith. I don't have faith. Just hang with me. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. You cannot please God without faith. I cannot please God without faith. We cannot please God without faith. None of us can please God without faith operating in our life. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please Him. For whoever comes to God or comes near to God or approaches God or wants to connect with God must, it is necessary, it is absolutely necessary for us to believe that God exists and that God rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. We have to believe that. We have to have a belief system in place. Our worldview has to be one of faith. It has to be one of the Bible. You cannot mix the Word of God with anything else. They've come up with a new religion now. You've heard it, right? It's Chrislam. It's crossing Christianity with Islam. That ain't going to fly, folks. I don't care how you try to work it and be inclusive. It ain't going to work. This book, Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. Not in Buddha. Not in Muhammad, not in transgender, not in whatever. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. <clears throat> so you've got to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Faith is the key to your spiritual health, your spiritual growth. It is essential. It is necessary. It is essential for miracles. You know, some folks, here's how they believe. Well, I believe that God can, if he will. You know, I believe every now and then God just somehow, you know, comes down from heaven and he'll heal somebody just to show us that he can. Where'd you get that theology? Did Jesus, when he walked this earth, just heal one out of a hundred to show he could? No, he never turned anybody away. 
the rich young ruler, went away because he was sorrowful, the Bible said, because he asked Jesus, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, it's easy. Give everything you've got to the poor, take up the cross and follow me. And he goes, oh. And the Bible says he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. His stuff was more important than his right relationship with God. And, what, and somebody says, oh, well, I wouldn't want to give away everything either. Well, what Jesus knew was that when he began to give it away, it was going to come back faster and more than he had when he was trying to get it himself. Because he had the gift of a king. He had the gift of finance. He had the gift of increase. And you have a gift. Every one of you in this room, every one of you watching online right now, or watching by TV. Every one of you have a gift. And when you discover your gift, God will use the gift of faith to operate your gift to manifest, to increase you, your family, and the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. So without faith, it is impossible to please Him. You can't. And for those of you that think, well, I have no faith, I have good news for you. Faith comes to us three ways. Everybody say three ways. And the first one, the very first one tells us in Romans chapter 12 that when you were born, when you came into this planet, when you came onto this earth, when you were birthed out of your mother's womb, God dealt to you a measure of faith. Actually, it happened at conception because when you were born, God says, faith, faith. So you have faith. You may not have, have faith from the other two ways, but you were dealt a measure of faith. To every man, God has dealt a measure of faith. Each one, each man, each woman, each boy, each girl, every one of us on the planet, God has made a deposit of faith in you. So lift your right hand and say, Pastor, I got it. I have faith. I have faith. Faith is in me. I have received faith. I was dealt a measure of faith, and I have faith. Thank God for faith. In Jesus' name, I have faith to move mountains. Well, see, some of you didn't say that. I have faith to move mountains. Faith. Another way faith comes, Romans chapter 10. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the Bible, when you hear testimonies of miracle things that have taken place that God has done, faith comes by hearing and hearing this word, by this word. When you hear it, you get miracles, you get faith. Faith begins to rise in you. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Third way you get faith, it's right there, Romans chapter 1. Paul said, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established so faith can be imparted to you when you hang around people of faith it gets off on you when you hang around people of faith and people that believe and people that know how to get miracles and people that know how to speak the word of God, according to Job 22, 
He said, declare a thing that it might be established. The Bible says, life and death is in the power of your tongue. So when you start hanging around people of faith, you start believing too. And faith begins to rise in you. So three ways that we get faith. You were dealt a measure of faith. When you were conceived, God gave you faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And then when you hang around other people of faith, it can be imparted to you. Somebody can lay hands on you and and impart faith. It's in the Bible. It's right there. So somebody shout, I have faith. faith. Now shout, my faith is increasing increasing. for the task at hand. My faith is increasing. I have faith to move mountains. Mountain moving faith. What does that mean anyway? I moved it a little bit. I move it a little bit, but, but they're everywhere. Now people have started writing up little small ones. And so there are small mountains and large mountains. Is that right? Bob and Dee moved here from Colorado, and Brian says that the mountains we have are just molehills. They have big ones out there. Brother-in-law's got a place in, in Arizona. And their view is of Camelback. It's just one big rock. If you don't want to go that far, you can go down to Atlanta. And they have one called Stone Mountain. It doesn't look that big until you decide to climb it. And most of y'all, unless you're in shape, you'd be breathing hard and probably wouldn't make it to the top. My granddaddy was about 80 the last time he climbed it. And just went right to the top. So you can have mountain-moving faith. But in order to do that, your gift of faith that is in you, we've already established we have faith, right? So in order to, to, to move the mountain, we must activate our faith. Because you have it. We've established it. It's in the Bible. You have faith. And so people... God that have faith wonder why they don't see miracles why don't they don't why we don't see our mountains move why don't we see our storms blown out of the way why don't we see all the miracles that we preach about that we read in the Bible that others seem to get why don't I have those kind of miracles why don't I have those kind of testimonies am I talking to anybody because we have not activated our faith And it's not that hard. We activate our cell phones. And that's complicated to some folks. Just ask a nine-year-old. They'll help you. (laughs) 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. This is why I remind you to fan the flames. The spiritual gift. Translated, stir up the gift that is in you. Stir up the gift of faith. Stir up whatever gift you have because you have more gifts than just the gift of faith. Stir up the gift because God gave you that when he laid, Paul said, God gave you that gift when I laid my hands on you, talking to Timothy. Paul talking to Timothy. He said, stir up the gift that is in you that God gave you when I laid hands on you so you see it can be imparted. You lay hands on somebody and they can receive the gift of faith. 
or other gifts. But it has to be activated. And your unused faith is a tragedy in the kingdom. Let me put it in terms and vernacular that you understand. Wouldn't it be a tragedy for you to have a large mortgage, a large car payment, your kids had car payments and school bills, and you had $50 million in the bank, but you didn't know how to get it out. And it's yours. It's yours. The account has your name on it. All you got to do is go activate the debit card or go get a check. And it's yours, and you could pay off the mortgage, pay the kids' bills, be a, you could tithe on that. I mean, there's all kind of things you could do. Somebody say amen. amen. And it's yours. But if you don't know how to activate it, then you have these needs that are here that you still need to deal with, and you can deal with, but you don't know how to activate the account. I want you to see this. Do you think God lied when the Bible says he gave you faith and I just showed you three ways that you got faith? Do you think Jesus lied? Do you think God lied? So you have faith. You understand. You believe you have faith. So it has to be activated. And Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift. You stir it up, Timothy. The gift that God gave you when I laid hands on you. So the gift is in you. Faith is in you. You need to stir up your gift. Hang around more faith people. Speaking is one way to do it. Declare a thing that it may be established. Job 22, 28, one of my favorite verses. Declare a thing that it may be established. I declare that mountain is going. It's out of my way. I don't want to see it anymore. Push it on down the aisle. One of y'all just move it on. I don't want to see it. Get it away from me. Push it away. Push it on back. That's what I'm talking about. But no, we want to just love it and caress it and hold it in front of us and look at it and say, I've got this mountain. I can't go. I can't move. Do you see my mountain? you see how big it is? It's nothing. If you have faith, it's nothing if you activate your faith. But your unused faith is a tragedy in the kingdom of God. It's a tragedy. Back to the illustration with your $50 million in your bank account. And your $250,000 mortgage. Wouldn't it be a tragedy to go to your grave with the debt hanging over your head, struggling to make a payment every month, when you've got $50 million in the bank? It's just about that ridiculous. The faith that you have and the lack of using our faith that we do. We go through life with all these mountains. Some of these are financial mountains. Some of these are physical mountains. Some of these are relational mountains. They're everywhere. They plague us. They bother us. They frustrate us. They discourage us. They disappoint us. Some people have so many of these 
They just had become comfortable in just laying down in the middle of it and just pitching a temper tantrum. Maybe y'all couldn't see me. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to let mountains and storms and problems litter our life. So we have to activate our faith. So do we understand that? We have faith, and then we have to activate it. How many understand that? You know, you believe, you saw the scripture, you know, you have faith. Faith is in you. And you can add to it. You can increase it. You can add to your faith. You can see faith multiply in your life. That is established, right? But you have to activate the faith that is in you or it's about as useless as a $50 million bank account that you cannot activate. You've got to get the thought out of your head that God won't do it for you. You've got to remove Stinking thinking. You got to get it out of your head and quit looking at circumstances. Quit listening to false reports. You get reports from people that don't know. You get reports from people that practice their medicine. You get reports from people that have not been where you are. You get reports from people that have not read this book. So remove the stinking thinking. Get it out of your head. Unlearn some things that you might have been taught. Because what I'm trying to teach you is in the Bible. It's not always easy. Sometimes... When we start moving in faith and we start seeing breakthrough, guess what? The devil says, uh, send some troops over there and stop him. Send some giants over there, slow him down. Put some obstacles in his path. And so we get knocked down and we go, see, it doesn't work. Well, then you need to activate the faith account. So you can tell the devil where to go. You know, the Bible says, my Bible, I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible says that demons tremble at the name of Jesus. So when the devil sends troops to reinforce my disappointment and my discouragement and my storm and my mountain and my valley and my challenge, I just need to say Jesus more. Because every time I do, they tremble. Jesus, your house needs to be a Jesus zone. Your car needs to be a Jesus zone. Your workspace needs to be a Jesus zone. We need to speak the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus. And demons tremble. They back up at the name of Jesus. So we have to activate our faith. And then we cannot doubt. 
Why would you doubt if you have faith and you know all you have to do is activate it and you can move mountains? Matter of fact, the Bible says in Matthew 17, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Some of you have these in your Bible. You have these cards because we gave those out one time. And it's got a little mustard seed taped to it. Matthew 17, 20 says, if you have faith the size of this little mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move. And Matthew 17, 20 says, it has to move. Now, I know you've tried to move some things before. And they look back at you and say, no, not moving. But if you have this kind of faith, can you see it? Not, not the card, just this little bitty, teeny weeny, itsy bitsy seed. Called a mustard seed. The smallest of all seeds. If you have faith the size of that seed, Matthew 17, 20 says, You can say to the mountain, Move! And it has to move. It may say no, but it has to move. It may be stubborn, but it has to move. It may try to come back, but it has to go. It has to move. It cannot stay. You have authority over the mountain. You have authority over the storm. You have authority over the battle. You do. $50 million in an account and people don't know how to access it. And here's the good news. If you needed $100 million, it's available. If you needed $200 million, or $200 billion, or $200 trillion, or whatever you need, it is available to people of faith. But doubt will kill your faith. Amen. Doubt will snuff it out. Doubt will make the litter of little bitty mountains seem mammoth in your eyes. Doubt. For such a person ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord being a double-minded man. You know what a double-minded man is, don't you? You come to church on Sunday and they shout. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. They sing. And then on Monday, this storm's just about to get me. This battle's about to get me. This devil's about to get me. Which is it? Which is it? I need to ask you, which is it? Are you a person of faith or are you a person of doubt? You're going to let doubt get you? You're going to let doubt creep into your mind? But, Pastor, it's so hard. Suck it up, buttercup. We're in a war. Do you think the devil's laying down? He is fighting you. John 10 says he comes as a thief to kill, steal, and destroy. If somebody was after your $50 million, you'd fight. Amen. 
But because he's after your faith, you just open the door. You give place to the devil. Even though the Bible says give no place to the devil. For such such a person ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord. There's, There's your problem right there. There's why you don't receive. You even know how to activate it. You just doubt. You're up and down. You believe it one day, the next day you're not so sure. See, here's what you have to understand. Listen carefully. Don't miss this. The devil does what he does well every day. Every day, every day, every day. He doesn't stop. He doesn't let up. And see, (laughs) you do it good sometimes. But you have put into your vocabulary a phrase. You put it in yours. It's not in mine, but it, it may be in yours. I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad week. I'm having a bad year. He got quiet. If you can have faith the size of this mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, to the valley, to the storm, to the devil, to the demon, to the giant, whatever it is, to the cancer, to the red in your bank account, or whatever it is. Whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's what you have to understand. It doesn't matter. Some folks are real good about praying for sickness and healing, and they believe God for that, but they can't believe God for their checking account. They can't believe God for their finances. They can't believe God for their kids. They can't believe God for this or that. God is not a, I'll do this, but I won't do that kind of God. That, he, he's not that. You can say, well, he'll heal me. But I don't know if he'll deliver me. For such a person ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord. Being a double-minded man or woman. Because double-minded, he says, are unstable and restless in all of his ways. In everything he thinks, feels, or decides. Double-minded. Up one day, down the next. Having a great day, having a bad day. Double-minded. Double-mindedness is not of God. Double-mindedness will, it will delete your miracle, your victory, your faith, your turnaround. Double-mindedness. You've got to make up your mind and say to yourself, Self, I believe God. I believe God. Devil, back up. Jesus, I believe God. I don't care what the storm, I don't care what it is. I believe God. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. There's a testimony sitting right here. Stand up, Keith. Stand up. There's a testimony. The doctor said he got cancer. He's going to die. 
He said, no, 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 no. I believe the report of the Lord. They went back. They tried to find cancer every way they could. No cancer because he believed the report of the Lord. He's healed. He's delivered. He's set free. They told, they told this tall giant, you better have surgery. You never walk again. He looks like he's walking to me. He looks like he's doing pretty good. They told him, you won't walk. You better have surgery. He said, I shall believe the report of the Lord. I know what the Bible says. I know what God said. I know what I believe. I don't care what the report is. I believe the report of the Lord. Double-mindedness will sabotage your victory. And then fear. You know fear is a sin. Why did y'all throw that back at me? I said, Pastor, fear is not a sin. Oh, it's not? Somebody get your Bible. Who's got a Bible? Tony, you got a Bible? Revelation 21.8. I'm going to have me an old-fashioned reader today. Go to Revelation 21 in the Bible. That's in the Bible. Verse number 8. Read it, Tony. But the cowardly. Wait, the who? The cowardly. The cowardly. That verse, that word translates... Fearful. Matter of fact, some translations have it. Fearful. Who's got one that says fearful? Anybody? Here's one right over here. Run that mic over there to him. Stay right there. Read it, Judd. But the fearful. The fearful. And the unbelieving. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He puts fearful in the same box with people that don't believe. Unbelievers. Read on. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Murderers? How many think murder's a sin? You better raise your hand. It's in the book. Thou shalt not kill. So the fearful, the ones that don't believe, the abominable, and the murderers. Who else? And the sorcerers. Oh, sorcerers. Witchcraft. The Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It calls witchcraft a sin. Read on. And the idolaters and all liars. Idolaters and all liars. Well, Pastor, it's just a little white lie. It's just a little bitty lie. It didn't hurt nobody. The devil's a liar. He's deceived you. You better stop your lying. You better stop your lying. You better stop your witchcraft. You better stop your rebellion. You better stop your murder. You better stop your sorcery. And you better quit being afraid. Is that all? No. Oh, there's more. And all liars shall have their part in the lake 
which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Wow. I told you. Fear was a sin. Read it in your translation, Tony. Let me hear, let me hear it in yours. I like these translations. But the cowardly, the uh -huh. unbelieving, uh -huh. the vile. The who? The vile. The violent. Uh-huh. The murderers. The murderers. The sexually immoral. Oh, we done hit on a vein right there. <laughs> Go on. I've, been, I've already gone too long today. Those who practice magic arts. The idolaters. Well, let, me, let me pause right there and, and just tell you. If you are mitch, mixing witchcraft and magic with Christianity, you're going to hell. Say that. Let me just say it plain. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. Read on. The that idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Wow. Do you get it? All those blue ribbon sinners that are going to hell. He said, if you are cowardly and fearful, you're in that same group. And you're going to the lake of fire, which is the second death. Fear separates you from God. Fear separates you from your faith. Let me show you how. In Numbers chapter 32, the children of Israel had left Egypt. They were going to the promised land. God said, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a 16-day journey. How long? 16. And that's walking. They didn't have no cars. They didn't have motorcycles. They didn't have hoverboards. They didn't have no jet airplanes. They were walking with their camels and their wagons. And it was a 16-day journey. They could have been there in 16 days. And they stayed out there wandering around for 40 years because of their doubt and their fear. Read it, Numbers 20, 32. The Lord was angry with Israel and made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the entire generation that sinned in the Lord's sight had died. You say, well, Pastor, that, that, that's, that's too hard. That's too cruel. No. He said, I've got 12, 12 tribes. He said, I want to take one representative from every tribe. Go out into this land flowing milk and honey. Bring back a report. Twelve went out. Ten came back and said, oh, no, we can't do it. They're, they're giants. We're grasshoppers in their sight. In other words, so we feel like we're grasshoppers in our sight, too. Ten of them came back and said, nope, we can't do it. We can't conquer this land. The, the people are too big. It's too much. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, yes, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We can do it. We are ready. But the people doubted, and the people were afraid. So God said, okay, just wander around until you decide that you can do it. He waited till everybody died except Joshua and Caleb. Those two, 40 years, waited. And guess what? They got to inherit the promise. 
land. I got to hurry. God has placed you in this house to unlock your faith. You've got it. You've got mustard seed faith. God dealt faith to you. And if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can just believe. Don't doubt. Don't be afraid. Just believe the book. You're going to believe something. Why not believe the word of God? You're going to believe somebody. Why not believe God? Why not believe what he says about you? Why not believe what he says? Just believe him. Whoever says, whoever speaks to this mountain and says, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes those things that he says, that you say, he will, it will be done. He will have whatever he says. So let me just, let me just illustrate. I'll be right back. This is my faith. This is my faith. So watch me get rid of all this. That's some Christians. We got our faith. We're telling the mountains, move, move, move. And you laugh. That's the way some of you are. And you just carry your faith all through your storms because you know storms don't last forever. So you just tolerate them. You just tolerate your giant. You tolerate the mountain. You tolerate the storm. If anybody sees you, go, I got my faith with me. Look at me. I'm a, I'm a faith person. I'm a believer. Watch me. But the problem is, you never activated your faith. You're unplugged from the power. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said you're unplugged from the power. Your doubt unplugged you from the power. Your fear unplugged you from the power. Your circumstances, what you looked at and said, oh, look how big that one is. And your eyes got so big, you, you said, oh, no. And that, that unplugged you from the power. You've got to stay plugged in to the power source. You've got to find the power source. And then you've got to plug in to the power source. Ezekiel 37, God said to Ezekiel, what do you see? He said, it's a valley of dead, dry bones. Bones, dead bones, dry bones, no people, bones. And the Lord said to him, can these bones live again? He was a wise man. He didn't say no. He said, you know, Lord, 
Look at your neighbor and say, you know, you know, you know. And the Lord said, prophesy to these bones. Have I got plenty of cord now? Because when you're plugged in, I mean, give me all I got over there. I don't want, I don't want to be limited by circumstances. I don't want to be limited. I want my faith to be extended as much as possible. If I have to get an extension cord to extend my faith, then I will. Come on, somebody. And the Lord said, can these bones live? And he said, you know, Lord. And the Lord said to him, prophesy to these bones. Talk to the bones. And if that had been some of us, we would have said, well, now, Lord, you know, them bones ain't got no ears. And they know people, it's just bones. Dead, dry bones. And the Bible says, and the valley was very dry. Some folks' faith is very dry. But the Lord said, prophesy. Prophesy to the bones. Talk to the bones. Talk to the wind. Talk to the wind. Talk to the wind. And say, wind, come from the four corners of the earth. Wind, see, he says right here in Matthew or Mark eleven twenty three. whoever says to the mountain, who, what, what is your breath? Your breath is wind. Your breath is air. Your breath is ruah. In Genesis chapter 1, God breathed ruah into man, the breath of life, and he became a living soul. And he said, take that breath and speak. Take that breath and prophesy and say to the mountain, mountain, you about to leave here. It's an easy thing. I'm going to clean you up. I'm going to move you out. You are not welcome here. You're in my way. You're, you're impeding my progress. And you are leaving here. I'm telling you, go, 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 go. Get out of here. Go, go, go. No, don't you try to hide in the corner and think you can come back later. No, 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 no. You're leaving. You're leaving. You're leaving. You're going. You're going. You're not going to stay here. You're leaving. You're getting out of my path. You're getting out of my vision. Go. I need somebody to begin to prophesy. Your mountain is represented by this on this state, but I'm blowing it out. I'm telling it, go, 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 go. Leave, 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 leave. Go, go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You cannot stay. You will not stay. You're trespassing on my property. You're trespassing on my territory. Go. Go, back up, back up, back up. I'm telling you to move, and you have to move. You have no choice. You have no choice. You're stubborn. You, you have no choice. You're leaving. You're leaving. You're going. I'm talking to somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to build your faith. You got to get activated, plugged in to the source.
Go, 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 go. In Jesus' name, go, 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 go. Get out of here. Everybody stand. If I could sing, I would sing. The wind is blowing again. Just like the day of Pentecost. The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing. It's not, it's not a fabricated wind out of a leaf blower. It's the Holy Ghost. Oh. The wind is blowing. The spirit is moving. The fire is falling. Mountains have to back up. When faith is your compass, blessings are your reward. Anybody ever read the Deuteronomy 28 blessing? If I fully obey the Lord and carefully follow all his commands, then it's an if covenant. Then the blessings will come on my life. And these are just a few of the things he says. Say them with me. I will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. My family will be blessed. My property will be blessed. My finances will be blessed. I will be blessed when I come in and blessed when I go out. My enemies will be defeated. Let's do it again. I will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. My family will be blessed. My property will be blessed. My finances will be blessed. I will be blessed when I come in and blessed when I go out. My enemies will be defeated. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Well, then I want you to get a visual. Your mountains are gone. They were on this stage. There's a stubborn one. Just tell him, go. He has to go. Move. He has to move. And all your mountains that were on this stage, oh, there's one tiny little one that tried to linger. All your mountains, they're gone. They're gone. If you can believe all things are possible. Now you wrote it down. You crushed it. You threw it up here. We dealt with it together. Now it's gone. 
You're plugged in. The anointing is here. I want you to begin to praise him in this house. Come back up here, Jill, team. I want you to begin to praise him because your mountains are gone. Some of you need to jump. Some of you need to dance. Some of you need to spin. Some of you need to run. Those are all Bible ways to praise the Lord, by the way. They're all in the Bible. And we need to take just a few minutes. Just, just I know I preach long, but... I had to get this in your spirit. I, I had to drop it in your spirit. I want you to know you have faith. You know how to activate it. Fear is not going to remain in you. It has to go. It will separate you from God. Victory is yours. Sing. Sing. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. I wish about 25 Victory of you just run down here and just dance and jump and spin. Come on, everybody come. Yeah, you got to tell him to get where to go, mind. what to do. Oh, come on, sing it. Sing the declaration. Victory is mine. I spoke to the mountain. Get behind me. Somebody praise him. Help me praise him. Help me praise him. Help me praise him. You've got the victory. Yes, yes, yes. up a shout of praise now. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Victory. I've got the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got joy. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Heart disease has to go. Leukemia has to go. Cancer has to go. Whatever it has to go in Jesus' name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you for impartation. We thank you that faith is in us. We thank you, Lord, that we can activate our faith. We thank you, Lord, that fear cannot stay. Doubt cannot stay. We cast it out. We cast it off now in the name of Jesus. We refuse it. We rebuke it. We open our heart for more faith, for more of you, for more of your power, for more of your anointing, for breakthrough in every arena of our life. 
From today, we have good days and great days. We have good weeks and great weeks. We have good years and great years. From today, in Jesus' name. From today, we have the victory. From today, we have risen up as your warriors, part of the remnant in these last days. Father, we pray for an impartation of boldness. We pray for an impartation of insight and wisdom. We pray for an impartation right now of faith in Jesus' name. We thank you for the miracles. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for breakthrough. We give you praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.